Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. Us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our very last episode for Caregiver Awareness Month around self-care. Today, we will be discussing environmental and household self-care and how very important it is to keep your home and environment organized to have a peace of mind and to have a decluttered mind so you can live your best life, celebrating life, love, and relationships with your partner. Yeah, this is a really cool topic because sometimes self-care does not, you don't think about household stuff. You don't think about cleanliness uh, because you're too busy trying to do other things for self-care. But we're going to talk about some ideas and some tips and tricks as to how you can maintain more order in your home, especially if you're a full-time caregiver, um, and just how that will create a better life for you and how you probably didn't notice um, certain things that were happening around you, but how they can influence your mental state and your stress. So we're going to get into that, but first we want to thank Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law, a sponsor of this episode, for being the official legal advocate of the WAGS of SCI community. So Robin and her team of lawyers are directly involved in helping us in our own personal cases behind the scenes, but they also help WAGS of SCI across the globe with any legal issues that they may have. So this could be benefits paperwork, understanding your benefits, making sure you're getting the most out of your benefits, looking into your partner's case, looking into your case, understanding the human rights angle of paid caregiving. This could also include getting letters of legal recommendation or threatening letters even, and also finding resources in your area when you need them. Robin has a huge network across North America and can assist you in any way she can. So please visit wagsofsci.com and click on the legal resources tab to learn more about our partnership with Robin and her team and what they do for the community and how they can help you. And you can also visit brainandspinelaw.com to contact Robin directly. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so I think the most important thing is um, to discuss that both Brooke and I have been, we're, we're pretty, and I feel like a lot of women in our community actually as well, are pretty into environmental self-care because you have to be. So Brooke and I discuss this concept of something called Feng Shui quite often. Um, I have a really good book for anybody interested that's called Feng Shui Your Life. And by definition, Feng Shui is the practice of arranging pieces in your living space to create more balance with the natural world. So it that means harnessing the energy forces and establishing harmony between yourself and your environment, 
for more clarity, for more happiness. So to create your environment to truly be a sanctuary for yourself, it is the place that you come home to at the end of the day. It's the place that you start, begin your day with, um, that should bring you peace and tranquility specifically after your partner and yourself are displaced after spinal cord injury and you leave rehab. There's nothing more exciting than leaving the hospital and coming home to create your own safe space. So you and I, we, we talk about this all the time. We love, we love the concept of just being in more balance. That also kind of goes hand in hand with the practice of yoga, with meditation. But first and foremost, you have to have that clear space because it resembles your mind and your thoughts. What do you think? And I, I think Feng Shui is really cool because it's a, it's literally a science. Like it's been around for thousands of years and there's a lot of different elements to Feng Shui that have actually been proven in modern, in modern science and, you know, um, how to position not only your bed and your furniture properly, but how to make it so that you're like interesting things like not putting your bed under a window or not putting your bed directly in front of a door because of the energy it cuts off certain parts of your own energy. Um, super interesting. There also there's also a lot of information on mirrors and how to set up your mirrors so that they're not interfering mm-hmm. with the energy flow of the room. Super, super intriguing, interesting stuff that are, is really applicable um, when you're trying to figure out, you know, something, everybody, you know, and I know you and I, we, we walk into a room, we're like, oh, something's wrong here. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, whether it's like the light or whether it's like just the flow of the room or the, the furniture or the colors, we're very sensitive to that stuff. But I think everybody is, they just may not realize it um, in a lot of ways because you just, you know, something's off you just either are too busy or too stressed to actually try and figure out what's going on but that's where feng shui will really help she'll be like oh that's why i didn't feel like super calm in my in my bedroom but here's the thing we're participating in a study with ubc right now and we're making modules on um how you know when you're when you come home from rehab how important it is to have a space that you really want to come home to, like you were saying earlier, and different tools and techniques to put in your room to make it a space of clarity and relaxation. So you almost have a little paradise within your home. And so, um, you know, we all remember what it was like to come home from rehab and have things just flying everywhere, out of order, out of place, medical equipment everywhere. I know that one of the most common posts that we have on our on our group is how to organize medical supplies properly and in what kind of vessel do you organize them and how do you put them in your bedroom and where do you put them? And it's it's a constant balancing act to try and keep your home um a space that you really want to be in instead of a place with uh, a bunch of, you know, supplies everywhere and wheelchairs everywhere and wheelchairs blocking (laughs) the doors and the hallways and, and, you know, having to repaint and having things bumping around. And so I think this is a really good discussion to have because um, no one's talking about this kind of stuff and it's very important to the caregiving life. And to your overall, overall self-care. So earlier this month, we've discussed mental, spiritual, physical self-care. And of course, this is the last piece to that. So yes. Um, and one of the things that before we began doing the podcast, we were talking about what it's like when you go visit a friend who doesn't have a partner or doesn't have those extra hours to have a caregiver you know, caregivers that are trained, um, through medical programs, um, they come in and do the 
bare minimum. So they, they come in to do your physical self-care, sorry, your physical care. Well, I guess self-care for the injured individual, but they're not necessarily like these paid uh, designers to come in and decorate your space. Right. So it really does take a certain kind of personality to be, to get into that. And we do have the topic of how do you make a bathroom more accessible? How do you make a, um, a space more accessible? And I think this pairs really well with if you're focusing on the energy flow of your house from the moment that you enter the and enter your home to exiting, it pairs really well with accessibility. When you're looking at that energy flow of think about it as a wheelchair going through your home, are there things blocking it? Are you going to be tripping over things? Are there broken pieces of home projects that you just started but never got around to finishing? Um, you know, it's everything from your blinds to your curtains to laundry to dishes to everything that you can think of in terms of a clutter. So this is, yeah, it's a good episode. I, I, you know, I think that one of the other thing is, it's why is this important? Like, and where do we start? Somebody might say, well, how do I even know that I, that this is something that bothers me? I've never really thought about it. I can easily come home after a long day's work and I'm just so exhausted. I just want to put my feet up on the couch and the laundry can wait. The dishes can wait. Um, it doesn't really matter. And then I think the one thing that that pairs with that is that these things mean there's definitely room for leaving chores, but after a while, these things do build up and you might sense a bit of frustration or angst within your home when you come home. I know I do. When I come home, that's the first thing I do is I scan the floor. Oh my God, do I need to sweep, right? Because we have pets, we have we have our partner's wheelchairs. It's now um, icky, yucky outside. So more, more uh, sand, dirt, mud, you name it. The salt from from icing the streets for the snow is now coming into our home. So these are things you have to keep in mind. And it can be really unpleasant if you leave it after a while. So one of the biggest tips that I read from a great book that I was reading this morning um, is that to keep up with these little tasks so they don't become overwhelming and overbearing and really intrusive. And a lot of the women, you know, we had a conversation the other day on our self-care private group where somebody said, you know, I'm, I've been having a really hard time falling asleep. All these intrusive, crazy thoughts of chores and things come bombarding me as I'm trying to fall asleep. Well, this is one of those things. If you keep up with the little things, then, then it could be preventative for your overall well-being long-term. Yeah, I really like that you said that because there has been, um, uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of us that have discussed this on the private group of like, it creates a sense of overwhelm to have things so messy, but in that overwhelm, you withdraw more and more from it. So it's like, it's almost like avoidance anxiety with a lot of us where it's just like, you know, there's a pile of things over there that you have to go through, or it could be in a cupboard somewhere that it's just haunting you that you have to go and do that. Or it could be <clears throat> that you can't afford a cleaner right? A lot of us can't afford to have cleaners come in um, or organizers come in or, you know, the care that we do have for our partners don't do that as part of their, uh, you know, their routine. A lot of us are like, okay, you know, I'm just going to put it off, put it off, put it off. Because at the end of the day, it is something that you can say to yourself is not imperative for your survival, right? If there's messy things around, it's one of the last things that you pay attention to when you're in a fight or flight situation with your partner, um, you know, when you're doing other things that are more important for your survival, right? These things like organization and cleaning kind of hit the back seat. Um, but then 
you know, when you realize that these things actually affect your mental state, like we've, we've looked at some really cool studies that they call it mess equals stress. So there's actually been a study out there that shows, and this is a study of women that, um, that saw their home, if they saw their homes as cluttered and messy, they had high levels of the stress hormone cortisol throughout the day, while those who described their abode as well-organized and restful had way lower levels. What does high levels of cortisol mean? More stress, more issues handling your stress, more burnout, more intrusive thoughts, more shutdown, right? Um, More emotional issues. That's all it means. Um, So it's, and it's also interesting because there's another study out there that says that adults that have too many piles of stuff around them are more likely to put off making decisions about what to get rid of than those who have less piles of stuff in their house. So that's not just, you know, what, what to get rid of in your home, but what to get rid of in your brain, what to get rid of when you're trying to heal, um, you'll feel more overwhelmed. And that's literally a scientific fact. There was also an interesting study about people with ADHD and, when you are living in a cluttered space or a dirty space, it actually makes the connections in your brain that that train you to focus harder to, for your brain to focus. Um, so I thought that was those studies are really interesting because you know there's a lot of people out there that they're you know they're very like okay the proof is in the pudding you know you can talk about feng shui feng shui all you want but that's kind of like hooey you know magical stuff, but it actually isn't because this is rooted in science, right? That's why we said at the beginning of the podcast, this stuff is very scientific. It's now rooted in science. It's rooted in studies that shows that you are less likely to be able to focus. You are more likely to have higher cortisol levels, which will impact you in so many ways, increased heart rate, less ability to sleep, weight gain. I mean, we don't want this. So this is why we're including this in the podcast because, um, you know, this stuff is science-based. This stuff is real. This stuff needs to be paid attention to. Um, I know that like myself, I can't afford to have a cleaner come in every week. And I know there's, we had a thread about this a little while ago in the private group, um, where women were like, I have someone coming in twice a week to clean, or I have someone in coming in once a week. And, oh, that's great. But I definitely don't have that. I, we have a small apartment here. I am in charge of cleaning it. Um, we have a robo vacuum to clean, but to be honest, I approached, I approach the the idea of being clean as a room by room project or else I get too overwhelmed. Like if I think of, oh, I have to do everything all at once, um, I go into like a spinning tailspin where I'm like, it's just too much for me to handle because I am a full-time caregiver and I have a bunch of other stuff I have to do. So what I do is I really focus on a room to room situation where one week I'll focus on one room and that's it. That's all I have to pay attention to. And then it just really helps like things to fall into place. And so that you don't get that brain overwhelm, you don't get that cortisol overwhelm. Um, so if you were to start Elena yourself, like if you were to start a routine of like caring about your household a little bit more, let's just say you, you don't know where to start. Um, what would you do? Like, where would you start organizing? What would work for you? Um, well, I'm glad that you brought up that you, you like to tackle your space one room at a time, because that is not me. I go into like a psychosis of I see one thing, and then it spins to the next to the next. And then I'm doing like a 1000 projects at once. And then a few hours will go by. And it's like, okay, there's a difference between I find also organizing and cleaning. Like, are we talking about like surface cleaning? Like, it's like you were mentioning about mirrors, how very impactful they are for transition of energy in your home. But if you have dirty mirrors 
um, how very negative that can be. It's never, it's not a good thing to ever look into a dirty mirror or icky mirror because you're seeing your reflection and your brain is making the connection, um, with a specific undertone of emotion there. So for example, that is one of my biggest things, dirty floors. I love to walk around barefoot, even in the wintertime, I'm always trying to ground myself somehow. (laughs) Um, and I pick up, I pick up all the little sand crumbs and stuff. So that upsets me because now you're having an irritated feeling. And, you know, I've had this conversation so many times with my family members. They're like, why don't you just wear slippers? I don't know why. It's just not what I like. I like to be, I like to be barefoot. So simple things like that. So there's a huge difference. And usually what happens is I I start to kind of spiral where I'll start with the bathroom and then I have to run around doing all the mirrors and all the windows and all the glass. And then I run around doing all the floors and then I decide to do something else or you see something else. But what I find, what I find with this strategy is that a few hours go by and then I find myself shoving things into like the miscellaneous drawer at the end because I'm trying to organize while cleaning, unfolding laundry or whatever. So I know that one of the best things that could happen for our circumstance is for my partner to, you know, I leash up the dog and he takes them out for a stroll. So they're both out of the house. And then you can just put on some, my, my go-to playlist is peaceful piano music on, on, um, our, on our Google. I just say Google play peaceful piano music. And then that way I kind of like gravitate to going away. But for anybody who's looking to start some of the best advice that I, I feel like I read previously and that I could give you is being able to go into a specific room and ask yourself, what do you like about this space? And then find one thing that you really love and try to support that. But ask yourself again, what about it frustrates you? Is there anything frustrating about this space? What kind of emotions actually arise when you enter a room? Um, If there are any negative emotions that arise, it's important to remove the items that are making you feel this way. Like I just mentioned, like if there is clutter or maybe you need a bit more color, color is one of the best ways to reinforce a specific emotion in a room. And, you know, I was really into this since I've been a kid into rearranging my room and planning things and adding different colors or making new pictures to add to my walls or like I've really been into this since I was very young. And I used to really fully enjoy dusting the house and rearranging my mom's little trinkets and things on the shelves to get a a different energy flow. And I, I challenge anybody to do this. Rearrange your room or do something small or add a piece of art or add something new to your home and see how you feel within that space. And you'll be able to tell right away. I think you'll be able to tell right away whether that's a negative or a positive addition to your home. But when you're entering into a busy room, see, see how that room of busyness makes you feel for some people, it might make them feel good, but that could also signify that it's distracting you from something else in your life. So maybe you're, you know, you're avoiding certain conversations with people, you're avoiding certain, certain tasks or things that you need to do for yourself. And then you're getting your, you know, you're being taken away by the clutter within your home or Sometimes I get taken away by projects in my home instead of doing things like going to the gym. I'm like, you you know what? No, I think I'd rather stay home and clean my house. (laughs) So that's been a motivator, but I don't know. I think there's something there to look at. And that is the biggest thing too, is like, be honest with yourself. Is there something there to look at? Can you get help? Can you just like Brooke said, take a room and just make that a project for, you know, 20 minutes of like whatever day you have spare time. 
But yeah, the, the medical supply thing is a big thing. Like we have, we have one closet dedicated to spare rims, tires, cushions, uh, I don't know, leg massagers, like whatever Dan needs the pump to blow up his tires, like anything that's spare. We have, we have it organized in one closet, but even still, it's like you open a closet and things come tumbling out and that can be really frustrating. Right. Um, if, especially when you live in Vancouver and you live in a, a small apartment, so that all goes hand in hand. And this is why it's so important to keep in mind that we are always advocating for universal design and, um, accessibility in all places, because those are also big pieces to a more peaceful environment with, uh, reduced, reduced frustration for the wheelchair users. Yeah. And, you know, I have kind of a like interesting take on this is very specific to SEI and caregiver issues. So let's say you have an accessible home, a reasonably accessible home. You know, you have furniture that doesn't interfere with where your partner's wheelchair has to go. You have it set up quite well. But let's say something happens in that room. So let's say your partner has a fall a huge accident, something that's outside of the ordinary, um, that is, that is something that happens that is unfortunate that traumatizes you in a little, in a little way, right? Everyone's different, right? But let's just say a situation happens that, you know, you couldn't handle it as well as you thought. It was a big deal. Let's say your partner was really sick for a few days in a specific room and there was a certain smell associated with that, or there was a certain Anything, anything can trigger our senses into kind of like a PTSD sort of thing. Um, And what happens, especially, well, I know this happens to a lot of people. They're just not aware of it. But for me specifically, if something happens in a specific room, um, that environment, including smells, including pictures, including furniture, fabrics, you know, whether it's a bat, maybe it's a bathroom and the the temperature of the air, the water, um, the lighting, all of that gets stored in your brain and associated with that experience. And so I've found myself that, you know, when I've had a traumatic experience happen in a certain room, like for instance, there was one time in the bathroom where my partner was feeling very faint and almost fell out of his chair and it was very traumatizing. It was the beginning of his injury. We didn't know what was going on. And I remember going into the bathroom after that and having certain sights, sounds, smells trigger that in myself. And my body would respond to the situation as to if it was happening once again, which is classic complex post-traumatic stress. You know, it's everyone experiences it in a different way, but our nervous systems never forget. Our amygdala never, never forgets, right? And they associate the sensory elements of that memory with what is happening now. And so what I've found is after something like that happens that traumatizes you, you have to change certain aspects of the room in order to make it so that your brain won't connect the dots as easily. And this is very, very physical. This is very like primal, but it's very important to understand that that is how the brain works. You know, our reptilian brain, this is how it works. So what I've done to help that is I've moved a piece of furniture I've used a different scent in the diffuser. I've changed the light bulbs to more incandescent or more blush, or, you know, I've changed the lighting so that it's a little bit different. Um, I've changed the, um, 
you know, we have like a, a shower curtain. So I've changed the shower curtain. You can do things like repainting, retiling, if it's a really traumatic experience where you can't seem to get out of that or like redoing the floors or just a coat of paint or a different sheets. All of these things can trigger your brain into reacting differently than it did before. And so I think, you know, from a caregiver's perspective, this is something that people don't really think about the brain's memory and how powerful it is and how, you know, these things stick around. Right. Um, so I like to do various activities like that, where I will move things or I will change things slightly, or I'll get something new to put into the space to make it fresh. Um, because all of these actually change your brain and they actually make it so that you won't have these memories. I remember when we got our, our bathroom redone, our bathroom is the exact same layout as it was a year ago, but we just have different tiles. Um, and for me, that made a huge difference. I didn't have the same kind of anxiety inducing reaction when my partner had issues in his shower chair than I used to. So it does work and it is a thing. And I know that, um, it's, it is important, especially for me. So what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. That makes sense for sure. And if for anybody who, I mean, those are some big changes though. You guys had your entire place renovated as well. So those are some big changes. Um, and I think that, that you're totally right by mentioning that sometimes we're not aware, especially when we're in survival, that sometimes we might enter a room and, and have like an icky yes. feeling, but not understanding. Or this reminds me of something, ah, you know. Mm-hmm. But not understanding that it could be something as simple as a new scent, like a mm-hmm. brand new, fresh scent, maybe yeah. with a completely different uh, mixture of, I was going to say herbs, because I always say Brooke smells like herbs, but but um, some nice uh, incense or like a diffuser smell <laughs> or herbs. Not, not Febreze, not <laughs> no. any chemical sprays. We do not advocate for those. And why is that, Brooke? They're endocrine disruptors. So they will literally like, and that's rooted in science too. So don't use Febreze, don't use anything chemical, even essential oils that are not organic um, or from a reputable company could be crossed with chemicals and fake scents. And, you know, especially the ones that you can find on Amazon. So don't Mm. fill your room with those scents. They'll just make it worse. (laughs) Right. And then you might not understand right away why you feel more stressed. So yeah. Um, I mean, these are, these are they could, right, right now is the perfect time of year to get like some nice fresh cedar or pine, make a wreath or do something nice like that to, to welcome in more of the natural elements. And speaking of elements, we wanted to also bring up the fact that you can do some element balancing. And what does that mean for element balancing in your home? Well, there's four elements. We have earth, air, fire, and water. And these elements have they can be specifically soothing to each element that you invite in your home. For example, earth, bringing something of the earth element, which could be like a plant, inviting more, getting some more plants. Of course, dead plants resemble a negative feeling because they're dying. So you don't want to have that. You want to be able to take care of your earth Um your, your plants and they can bring up stability, grounding, prosperity, something that you can also nurture and love and take care of quite well. I know I've been notoriously horrible at, at keeping orchids and I keep on trying over and over again. I had one for my mom while she was in palliative care while it died. Um, I was gifted one when I just finished my graduation, somebody gifted me one while that died too. So I know within myself, I will not be inviting any more orchids into my home because it's just depressing. But um, if you're able to do that, a snake plant is pretty hardy. I have one in the hallway. It's like in dark, deep 
hallway area and it seems to be doing okay. So that's a good example of something you could bring into your home. And then of course, air, the air element representing light, adaptability, clear thoughts, having nice um, light within your room. If you, if you have the proper facing window, having that open, not, not having shut curtains or blinds. And then the fire element, which can represent passion, activity, change. Sometimes you need a little bit of fire to create change. Um, one of the best ways is turning on even like your TV right now, this time of year, you can do the Yule log, throw that on your television, have the ambiance of fire. And then of course, water. It's nice if you can get a little bit of like a, a water fountain, water feature, something, or be close to water to invite purifying, fluid, transformative healing into your home. And you'll see a lot of the time that people do have like a small water feature, um, and especially in a lot of media. Like I see when people are in a hospital setting or in a tranquility rehab setting, that there will be like a water feature somewhere in this scene. And I believe that's probably why. But these are the best. I mean, this is the way it goes. You can invite these things into your home. Again, reposition, try them, see how you feel. Of course, having plants in your home is also great for cleaning the air itself. So you can purify the air naturally, not necessarily with, you don't have to sage your entire house if you don't want to. You can do a really easy transformation by bringing more plants. Yeah, really good tips. And um, we also are each born in an element. So your horoscope, your date of birth is associated with an element from nature. So if you don't know what yours is, just type in your date of birth into Google and it'll show you which element you are. And that can really help you explore things for not only household self-care and decor and bringing things into your house, but also more aspects of your personality and what you're drawn to if you're struggling with what you might want to do for self-care. Um, so, and you know, that's, I mean, that's a really cool thing. I also wanted to say, if you can't afford to bring in, um, really anything into your house right now, you know, say you're on a budget, say you're kind of broke right now, what you can really do is you can, um, open up YouTube and you can type in water ambiance or fire ambiance or air ambiance. Um, and it'll come up with a lot of amazing creative things that these digital artists or AI artists have done to make screensavers and water features that you can watch and look at on your TV or on your phone or on your laptop that'll really create a really cool, um, just, a, just a different sound, a different look, a different feel to your house without spending any money. Um, so that's all really possible if you're on a budget as well. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea too. And then you know what else came up for me as we're speaking about this is colors. Each color represents a different emotion as well. Um, mm -hmm. if, if you can, I highly suggest investing in the book Feng Shui Your Life. It is so full of really great tips, colors, energies. And another thing too that you can do is even by wearing a specific color for the day, that color can associate with a different emotion that um, can be more prominent throughout the day for you. Let's say that you're needing to feel really passionate or you're really needing to fight for some change. Red is the color for passion. Blue is more about peace and tranquility. And then green is abundance and wealth. And I noticed that even within my home, I've been naturally gravitating to blue, everything in my house pretty well. That's an accent is blue. But now that it's Christmas, I changed everything to red. So there you go. We'll see so what happens. Fiery. You'll be more passionate and fiery. 
I'll be be ripping around town for the Christmas (laughs) season. I do not need any more passion and fire because it is my element and I have no problem being passionate. But so we'll see, Brooke, warning for you that this month might be a little wild. (laughs) That's a okay. Um, So yeah, and you know, it's very also another cool. So let's say that you're wanting to like repaint your space to give it a fresh look, or you want to bring some decor elements that represent the elements or some different um, colors that align with you. There's a really cool website that you can go on. It's called Pantone. Um, this is like what designers use and inter- uh, interior designers, but also graphic designers when they're creating their projects and they need a very, very specific color. So you can go onto the Pantone website and you can look and get inspiration of like there's unlimited, I would I would say infinite color combinations and possibilities that are available. So it's not just, it doesn't have to be just boring, you know, blue, green, and red. It can be different variations like gray, green, or, um, you know, orangey red or, or pink or all, there's all these different colors that represent a lot and they have so much information on that website. So it's something that's really fun that you can do to inspire yourself on color, um, that a lot of, you know, designers of various types do and use. Um, but that's, it's all free. It's at your fingertips. So just visit the Pentone website and you'll get a lot of inspiration. So let's talk about like the power of, we talked about how plants are really important um, and how they cleanse the air and how they breathe new life into a space. Um, but what about like other things like crystals or stones? Um, what role does that have in our space, in, in your space? Um, from from the readings that I've done over the years, um, crystals invite new energy flow because within themselves they have their own own energy. And I know that a lot of people do believe in this, but some people do not believe in this. And one of the best things you can do is you can clear your crystals either um, with moonlight or water. Just have like a really nice start start with a clean slate basically that means that if if a crystal was gifted to you you don't necessarily want it to attract other people's energy to start with your own uh clean slate but what i like to do which is not hoo-ha it's more based in psychology and science is to take the item whatever that crystal is or a stone maybe you found something really precious at the beach or you found something precious when you were out hiking or through an experience that you have. And what I like to do is I like to attach a memory to whatever the item is, whatever the stone is or whatever I'm bringing into my home from the earth and really lock that in that every single time I look at this item, that that gives me a reminder of peace or of an experience or something positive. Again, this can take a different form in any possession you have in your home. And that's why it's really important to know what you align these items with if they give you yucky feelings just send it on its way give it to a thrift store pass it on don't hold on to that and in the same light bring in more positive feelings and memories along with whatever crystal or item you bring into your home is kind of the way that i've seen it because i know a lot of people are like how can you prove scientifically that there's a frequency to a crystal I don't believe in it well you can create your own understanding with that um, and that is one other way to do that well, and yeah, we, uh, you know, this is the thing is, is crystals are made in the earth. You know, we know that everything on planet earth has a frequency. Um, everything has a, um, a structure to it. And that, 
regardless of what the frequency is, I like your idea of like whatever, because that's how you choose a crystal, right? If you're going to choose a crystal for your home or you're going to put one on display, um, you know, maybe even a bigger one to have like as a nice little piece on your, on your mantle. And when you're choosing one, it's really important as to like what your intention is, what, you know, what you want to have from that crystal. And it's very personal and you'll be attracted to the ones that you need. Right. And that is very, I know there's a really cool, um, website called, called tinyrituals.co and they have, um, on their blog, they have healing crystals explained and the 45 essential gemstones. So you can Google that and uh, they have a really good YouTube video and it explains how crystals work, how they work for the chakras, what they do for the emotions. It very, it's basic, but it also shows you, um, you know, the essential stones and what they're good for. And, you know, in an SCI kind of situation, my partner responds extremely well to crystals because his nervous system is so sensitive. And, you know, if you have a sensitive nervous system, you can, you put a crystal on your body and you can feel the energy in it. Um, and I've seen this many times with him where he's working with crystals. He'll put one on a certain chakra, put one on an area that he feels like he needs more energy or an area where he feels that he needs to be more balanced and relaxed. And he'll, he'll kind of tune into that crystal and it'll actually physically cause sensations in his body, which is really cool to see because, you know, us able-bodied folks are walking around and we don't have the same kind of like, um, ability to tune in like someone with an SCI. I I think it is really a superpower if you learn to balance it, right? If you learn to balance your body enough, but um, try something on your partner. If they're interested in it, if they're interested in crystals, um, this is a really cool little ritual that you can do together and you can have in your home to bring, um, to, to just bring just some fun into your house and some peace into your house. And, you know, I, I hate people that are like, Oh, I, I don't, this is silly. This is silly. Okay. Then it may be not for you then that's fine. But if it is for you, it's something worth exploring. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's so funny with that you bring up crystals. Um, I, so I go to a pottery studio and I've noticed that my shelf is that I, I, on the right side of my shelf, there's nobody beside me with their tools and clay, but on the left side, there is somebody beside me with their tools and clay and their pottery and work. And I noticed that for a while there, my items were getting kind of squished and bumped, even though they were on my shelf. So it was really sweet. One of my friends came in and she put rose petals and these tiny little crystals all around my shelf. And I'm telling you, I haven't had a problem since. So there's something to be said there. I'm feeling very protected. And I don't know if it's the power that I'm putting in with my mind to say, you know, I'm consciously creating protection over my my space and my area. Um, but these are also just really good mindful meditations that we can do to begin our day or end our day with. Um, it's just the practice of being calm. It's the practice of connecting your mind to your body. And it's all good. It's all helpful. As long as you're not harming anybody else and you're creating more awareness for your life and the things that give you peace, then it is all good. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And I think that's really cool. Really cool story. Um, so let's talk more about, um, how we cleanse our space. Like I know I was talking earlier about, you know, if a traumatic situation happens, how would we kind of move things around or change things to make it a bit more appealing for us to be in the same space. But there are 
things, other things that we could do to, in order to really purify the space. And again, we're not talking about Febreze. We're not talking about chemical purification processes. Um, so the one thing that I will bring up that is that really, really helps our space is 100% organic beeswax candles. Um, they actually change the ions in the air to make the space, like make the actual air clarified and more pure. Um, and this, you can Google this online if you don't believe me, but um, there's something in the actual beeswax that cleanses the air and makes the ions more breathable for humans and makes things just feel, feel more feel more balanced. And I'm talking about real, real beeswax, not like the fake soy candles or the fake um, paraffin candles. These are real beeswax candles. And, you know, you don't have to spend $50 on a, on a pillar because I know it is quite expensive. Um, again, you get what you pay for. It's really beneficial for everyone in the room. Um, but if you want to use beeswax and you can't afford it, they have tea lights that burn for two to three hours. That is hugely powerful in purifying the space. Um, I also have a, I, we invested, this was about, oh, how long ago was this? 10 years ago, we invested in a commercial ionizer and air purifier. I believe it was about $700. And I I'll never forget it. We put it on our Sears credit card and we paid it off over a year and a half <laughs> because it was like, oh my God, $700 at the start yeah. of my partner's injury. We're like, this is so expensive, but we made it happen. And boy, oh boy, um, can I tell you, it, it works so well. I'm someone that kind of has seasonal allergies. I have dander allergies and it makes it so that the room just is always purifying. It's always on. The, the ionizer is always on um, and I can really, really feel a difference when I walk into the room when it's blasting. We also, um, you know, when we had our house painted a few months ago, we put the ionizer and the, the commercial purifier on full blast for like two weeks and it actually really, really helped. Um, so those are my tips. What are, what are some tips that you have as far as purifying your space? I was going to ask you, I've seen inside your van, you've had charcoal pouches. What is that about? Can you explain to us what those charcoal things are about? Oh, oh yes. That, that actually is a good one. I forgot about that. Um, yes, I keep them in drawers and on my windowsill and in my car. And um, it's they're activated charcoal inside a pouch. So what activated charcoal does is it actually works as a natural purification. Then it's in like a vented pouch. You can get these literally on Amazon. Um, I think they're like 20 bucks for like four pouches. Um, and what you do is you put them around your house and it takes in particles that are toxic like mold um, and just harmful pathogens in the air, including bacteria, but also smells. Um, and it makes it so that it, they really, really work. And, you know, it's also interesting, and this is also the power of nature, is when you want them to be recharged and you want them to work better, like say you have it in a dark space in a drawer that you want, you know, I put it in with my partner's, you know, leg bag supplies and stuff that doesn't really smell the best and it works so well. Um, but every month or so you need to recharge them. And what you do is you put them in the light, in the sunlight, and it literally makes them new again. And you have to replace them every two years. Um, so what something happens, there's a chemical process that happens with activated charcoal when you put it into sunlight. And um, yeah, they really work. Yeah, great tip. So I see here you can get on Amazon for uh, Cyber Monday deals. <laughs> you could get 
Um, you can get these pouches. Natural air purifying bag, 16 pack, 75 gram bamboo charcoal air purifier for $23. There you go. Yeah, that's perfect. And then, yeah, so, just recharge them. I put them in the front of my car to recharge so that when I drive around, the sun is always hitting them. So they're always getting a hit of recharging. And I think it really helps. I mean, you, you know. I do. You say I do smell like herbs. <laughs> so I guess it doesn't work to like make me smell more like. <laughs> so funny. But I think my space smells pretty good. I do. Like, and it's really hard to disguise some of the smells that um, happen with a spinal cord injury if you're a caregiver. We all know how hard it is, right? And then mm-hmm. factor in animals, factor in, you know, we live in an area where there's a lot of leaves and mold all the time. It's a wet area. So having those in your space really, really helps. Yes, 100%. So I will be buying these pouches today, 16 of them. I'm going to have them all all over my bedroom (laughs) just to see um, what happens there. But yeah, so those are some great tips. And then another thing that going back to cleaning, uh, a way to purify your home. And I used to do this actually when Dan had his injury, uh, sorry, beginning of Dan's injuries, I used to use incense and kind of like do a little meditation for myself. And as the incense would burn and the smoke would go away, I would visualize all of the really tough emotions that we were going through at the time, leaving our body. And I do the same thing. I think that's why I sweep probably five, six times a day is because I, I visualize the broom sweeping away the negative old stagnant energy out of our home and just really keeping it fresh all the time. So whatever practices you need to do to visualize these things, creating little rituals for yourself, visualizing, you know, the negativity, negativity leaving. Um, those are really, really just good, healthy connections to make. Yeah. Really, really cool. I love that. Um, again, the power of intention. Yes. A hundred percent intention. And a lot of people do, you know, sage burning sage has become, I feel like more of a mainstream practice, but the same thing there it's you're visualizing the smoke, taking things out of your home. Um, and that's just a good overall sage is very purifying, even though it's smoky at the time, it does take away any really strong, um, sense that you want to, to have removed out of your home. Yep. Very, very cool. The indigenous population of BC, um, you know, it's very common to hear and learn about sage and how important and how it's a spiritual practice for them. Um, So you want to honor that. And, you know, these things from Mother Earth, they're actually so powerful. And I wish that, you know, society as a whole have, you know, haven't forgotten about them as much as we have with all the new chemicals that are coming in and, um, you know, trying to get you to buy this and buy that and drops for your wash and drops for the air and things to stick in your plugins and all this stuff. It's just hugely toxic to humans. So yeah, sage, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I think we should talk about music because, you know, we got, we said in another episode this month that these things that we're discussing will kind of overlap a little bit, but I think it's really cool how all this stuff works together. So we spoke about in our last podcast about how important music is and the frequency of music. And I think it's really important to have music playing in your space because it creates a vibration and a different vibe. And we all feel it. We just don't really think about it and how important it is to have music that you really like, but have that music as an intention to clear a space. And so again, you know, there's a lot of free resources on YouTube that have certain frequencies to clear the energy of a space. Um, 
And I just think Mm -hmm. that stuff is really cool. And, you know, I I know we mentioned last episode, we were talking about the Japanese study on Mm -hmm. snowflakes and music. And I wanted to mention it again, because I think it's important to give the name. So it's Dr. Masaru Emoto. And he was the one that did the form like the formulation of ice crystals and snowflakes and how it changes with different frequencies of music around them and how they're either erratic and flying all over the place. You know, this is kind of the geometry of them under a microscope or they're smooth and fitting together in these beautiful patterns. Um, And that is all because of the music. So again, everything in your house has a frequency, no matter what it is. So you want everything to be balanced and working together, but not only that we as humans have a frequency, right? That's all we are is energy and frequencies. And if you want things to be balanced, it's really important the music that you put on in your space, on your headphones, you know, it's, it'll, it'll really help, especially when you're having like a gathering or let's just say you're going through a stressful situation with your partner. Um, you want to put on balancing music because it'll actually shift the tone of what is happening around you. Well, at least in well, my experience, I really noticed that. Mm-hmm. Well, think about even like when we're younger, going out dancing or clubbing or going to festivals or whatever, and there's always like a certain a certain beat or a certain song will will actually activate a certain response, right? <laughs> like if you have aggressive music, then you'll probably I don't know. I'm not very good with like really fast beat, hardcore, like angry music. That's just not my thing. I get very easily disrupted by that. But the same thing, the frequency of when you're watching certain TV shows or certain programs or certain news, um, you know, certain news things coming up or like I can't watch any very, very few veteran movies or war movies. Um, I have a hard time with it. And it's all it's all there to initiate a response. So it all makes sense. Um, I know during the summer when I was doing my statistics course, I was having some pretty serious stress from sitting uh, for 10 hours straight, just studying, just studying, studying. And then the only way I realized that I could actually continue studying was I would put on my noise canceling earphones with the frequency of like one, 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 one. And I felt that I could completely focus it and study. So these are just really, really, there are, there's a ton of science behind this. And it's just like a really cool way that these are, these are free, free tips for you guys that you can pick up on, Uh, you know, they're there, they're available, utilize these things. It does the most that it takes is the effort to be able to find what it is that you're looking for. And I think that's the hardest thing too, is like, where do we start? How do we know these things? Well, you use your intuitive guidance to how various activities are making you feel. And if they're making you feel good, then keep at it. But if not, then there's no no hesitation in making a change. And that is the same thing for any of the senses that could be united through any of these practices. And the last one that we have on our list I I see here is aromatherapy. I love this one because it's just like a really nice way to, you can pair a new scent with a new tradition or a new uh, behavior or a new conversation or a friendship or anything to really create those memories. I know that at nighttime, every single night I spray our sheets down with a like eucalyptus lavender spray. And that also over time, you can create these new synaptic connections and new neuropath 
uh, pathways to create new experiences. And over time, that scent itself means that it's time for like relaxation in bed. So these are all things that are readily available at your fingertips. So use them. They're great tips and tricks to have uh, in your container, in your repertoire when you need to sort of balance yourself a bit. Yeah. And we, we have that on one of our modules of the study that we're doing with UBC. Um, we literally talk about diffusing essential oils and how it's very cheap to do. It's very, but it'll shift the tone of a room. It'll shift the tone of even like if you're in a state of stress, it'll shift everything. And just, you know, imagine just walking into a room with a diffuser on and how great it smells. It's natural. It's actually there to balance you instead of making you unbalanced, like the chemical sprays and the chemical oils that you can get at the grocery store. Um, if you're looking for a cool um, place to get your oils from, you know, I'm not trying to promote anything, but I will say that there's a lot of young living reps that are on the WAGS of SCI private discussion group that would love to hook you up with some really good quality essential oils if you need them. Um, a lot of them do businesses like that uh, on the side to help support themselves. So that's a really, really good place to source out some great quality essential oils. Um, uh, doTERRA has some as well. So yeah, just uh, reach out on the private group and use, use your WAGS resources. Yeah, good call. Support your girl gang. Support yes. the wags of SCI while supporting yourself. Yeah, supporting sure. your partner. It all goes around. So, in general, um, to recap, your home is a representation of your mind and spirit and relationships with those around you. So it is important to nurture your your environment, your home, the things that you can control, control them by taking care of yourself and by using these tips that we just shared with you. It can make a great impact on your life. And of course, if you have any questions or any comments, we are all ears. We're always excited to learn from you guys and hear your feedback around what works for you. So please make sure to send us an email or DM us at wagsofSCI at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we're all ear- ears. And we hope that this segment, these four episode segments has been somewhat helpful to you. And you've, and you've learned a little bit of something about self-care throughout Caregiver Awareness Month. We also wanted to mention that, you know, we've mentioned a few books, we've mentioned uh, oils, we've mentioned some things like candles that you can get going on your own self-care in this episode, but we've also mentioned a lot of other things in other episodes this month. Um, If you feel like you're really struggling financially um, and you feel like you can't afford a certain thing that you really feel drawn to, please send us an email. There's always things that we can do to help and support you. We can send you a book. We can send you something that you need. So please also feel free to reach out to us at any time and we can support that because we want to support your journey. We want to be there with you because we want to know that you care about this. We want to know that you're actually doing these things to improve your life. And that is literally the best gift, the best holiday gift of all for us. So if you want some support in any of that in, in any sense of that, please email us, wagsofsci.gmail.com. And thank you so much for tuning into our series, and thank you for listening to all our ideas. We look forward to you joining us on the next podcast next week. So until then, take care of yourselves and love one another. Cheers. Cheers.